Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. Hey, I want to personally invite you to our first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's a conference at the Outcomes Rocket and the IU Center for Health Innovation and Implementation Sciences has teamed up on. We're going to put together silo-crushing practices just like we do here on the podcast, except it's going to be live. With inspiring keynotes and panelists to set the tone, we're conducting a meeting where you could be part of drafting the blueprint for the future of healthcare. That's right. You could be a founding member of this group of talented industry and practitioner leaders. Join me and 200 other inspiring health leaders for the first inaugural Healthcare Thinkathon. It's an event that you're not going to want to miss. And since there's only 200 tickets available, you're going to want to act soon. So how do you learn more? Just go to outcomesrocket.health/conference. For more details on how to attend, that's outcomesrocket.health conference, and you'll be able to get all the info that you need on this amazing healthcare thinkathon. That's outcomesrocket.health conference. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. I really want to welcome you to go to outcomesrocket.health slash reviews to rate and review today's podcast, because today we have an outstanding guest. His name is Klaus Maldrup. He is a PhD ex-professor that decided to get into the health business and is now the CEO and founder at Drug Stars. They're really doing an amazing job. It's a patient movement application on both iOS and Android, and they're all about giving by taking. And so they want to just be part of this movement and also invite you, the listener, to learn a little bit more. And so Klaus has a, a really great background, not only as a professor, but he was also uh, spent some time at AbbVie as the commercial director and in the executive management team. So his experience in both academia as well as the commercial world in health will really provide some good insights here and what they're doing in the company, but also what we talk about today. So, so Klaus, I want to give you a warm welcome, my friend. Thank you, and thank you for having me. So maybe I missed something in, in the introduction that you want to share with the listeners. Anything you want to share? Mm, well, I think you covered it very well. I think it's been like three careers in my life. I started out, as you said, as an academia pursuing, well, becoming a professor. My goal was to become the youngest professor in Copenhagen and Denmark. I didn't succeed in that. I was number two, I believe, but that's good enough. Uh, And then when I was like bored of doing that, I was asked by AppV to actually to uh, develop patient support program for Humira, which is one of the biggest drugs in the world. And that was fun and an interesting learning. And then, yeah, two years ago, I quit that job to become uh, the CEO of Drugstars. And the interesting thing is actually when you look at that is that combining stuff from being in academia and, and you know, building up a research uh, facility and then having the, the big pharma commercial part on top of that, that is maybe the best education you can have to get into startups because then you get both the very professional stuff from the big pharma thing but you also get from the research part of it where you like going from one failure to another, you get that under your skin as well, which is like very important in startups. So that's, I think that's the best education you can have for startup. Man, you have such a unique background, Klaus. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting too that you're in a big conglomerate academia as well. And now mm-hmm. you're touching the startup world. You definitely keep changing it up. What do you think? 
is something that needs to be on every health leader's agenda today? And how are you guys at Drugstars addressing that? Well, I think that one of the things we, we are actually missing, and that's from a lot of stakeholders within healthcare, is to get the most out of the technologies we already have. I mean, we are extremely focusing on building new technologies, new medical devices, new getting, you know, new drugs on the market. It's like a technical fix for us. And I think basically we don't get the most out of what we have already. Let's say we're getting a new drug on the market and it's like, let's say, 10% better than the one that's already on the market and it's like first uh, choice in treatment. Again, what would that change if patients don't take the medicines anyway? What we see is there's a huge, huge change when you have the clinical trials, you see the effect, the effectiveness, and then when it's in the market, people are not taking the right way, and it's like diluted. So you can come up with a new fantastic drug, which is a few percent is better than the existing one, but in the end, you might not even see any change in the treatment outcome. And I think that's one of the things that we should really be focusing on. I think that's a really great call-out, Klaus. And it's true. A lot of the things that we do in health are really incremental innovations when Mm -hmm. a lot of the exponential growth could come from process and adoption improvement. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, that, that was the whole idea about Drugstars is that how could we leverage on the, on the fact that 40% of all medicines taken worldwide or are not taken worldwide as recommended by the doctors and pharmacists? 40%? Uh, that, huh? 40%, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, and I mean, it's not 40% of the patients. I mean, we all forget when we take medicines, so it's all of us. So it's on an aggregated level, 40% of all the medicines, and basically across all diseases and therapies. So there's really something to improve here. The cost to society is huge, the cost for hospitalizations, the cost of quality of life to the patients, and in the end also, of course, the revenue loss in big pharma is enormous. So yeah. there is a lot to gain for everyone. Absolutely. So, you know, it just curiosity is high here. Klaus, what is it that you made you decide to get into the medical field? Well, it was very opportunistic, to be honest. I was actually more interested in in the history of arts. And I would would like to go to museums and look at art stuff. uh, (laughs) But then my, my parents told me, well, there's no jobs in that area. And I said, okay, let's, let's find the, then actually looked into, you know, the curriculums and said, okay, where can you, when you're done with your, uh, your masters, where could you get the most rarity of different jobs? And then in Denmark, it's a pharmacist is actually doing a lot, both within, you know, public pharmacy, both within authorities, a lot within pharma, of course. So I thought, well, okay, I don't have to decide what, where, which way to go now. So let's get that degree and see what happens. Nice. So it was a, it was more of a practical drive that that True. led led to it. No, very nice. No, that's yeah. good. Yeah, you know, so my background, I'm, my uh, education was in classical humanities, and my parents were the same. They're like, what are you going to do with a history degree? <laughs> but I loved it. It was fun. And in the yeah. process, I got into it just through health experiences that happened to me. And But at the end of the day, we're here, Klaus. And, and so now we take our diverse backgrounds and we, mm-hmm. and we do something with it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Give us an example of how Drugstars is already improving health outcomes. When people are improving on taking their medicines, that's of course is, is doing something. And when I was looking into this field, there was like, I think maybe a thousand different adherence tools in app stores. 
So in that case, if it's just a reminder tool to remind people to take medicine, we are not unique in any way. But that's basically just the part of Drugstars that is giving something to the individual patient. The thing with Drugstars is that you earn stars by taking your medicine. And these stars, you can donate those to charities, health charities, of course. And we will convert it to real money. And already within one year, we have donated more than uh, 90,000 US dollars just nice. based on patients being active on our app. Of course, they're not, they don't give any money themselves. It's us out of our pockets. And of course, that is our unique proposition that we are not only a remembering tool to remember your medicine and hopefully get a better outcome of your treatment by doing that, but on top of that, we are also uh, contributing to the patient organizations, the NGOs, the nonprofits, that they can actually improve within different diseases as well. Got it. That's pretty cool, right? You, so you're a patient and you're, you're taking your medication. Not only are you helping yourself, but you're helping others. And I think a lot of people, I think especially you find this out when you become a parent, you, you're willing to do more for others than yourself sometimes. True. And, and, and of course, we, Drugstars is based on, you know, a lot of thinking about, of course, psychology, but also on gamification. And one of the most rewarding oh, okay. things cool. to do is actually to give something to others. Mm-hmm. It is a lot more rewarding and is provoking a lot more things in your mind than having, let's say, a free coupon to Starbucks or something. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more rewarding and it's, people are getting back. So our retention and stuff is better when you're actually giving something for charity. I remember one of the reviews on iTunes uh, was uh, a mom writing, thank you for a fantastic app. I'm using it together with my daughter, who is uh, eight years old. And we can have like a lot of discussions on which charities we should donate for every, every time, just for the interest of how can we change something just by doing this. So that is creating something, which is, there's a lot of energy in that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So I, I have to ask, Klaus, mm-hmm. because I, I know that the listeners are wondering. Yeah. So you guys donate. And so tell me about the financial model here and, and how this works. Yeah. Basically, we, we can get sponsorships. So we can have sponsorships from other, other foundations or for pharma companies, insurance companies. And they have no influence on where the money goes. They can say, okay, we want to sponsor all diabetes patients in your app. Good. Then you can do that. But you cannot just sponsor your own product. You need to sponsor the competitors' products as well. So they put in let's say, 100 quid into our sponsorships, and then they are then distributed among those who are then getting stars within diabetes. And then the diabetes patient can choose to either give it to like a diabetes foundation, or if they want to give it to like heart diseases or whatever, I mean, then they can decide doing that. And the the, the back-end sponsor have no influence on where the money goes. So in that way, they are purely sponsors with the hands off, which is very important for us. That's really cool and very clear on, on how that's done. So would you consider your company a nonprofit? We actually, because we are based out of Denmark and here we are a profit company, but okay. we are actually now because we now entered the US and the UK and we see ourselves being asked that question a lot. And we are actually going into filing an application for a 500 a nonprofit registration. Got it. Uh, 
for that part of the company. All right, very cool. So you'll be a 501c3. You'll yeah, be doing exactly. these things that are very much in line with those types of organizations. Mm-hmm. And, and the nice thing here, it's pretty cool, listeners. They have, Klaus and his team has a really clear visual of what a patient does when they're on the Drugstars app. If you go to drugstars.com, you'll see the patient journey. And uh, it's pretty sweet. And, you know, the nice thing is that you get to choose. You get to choose where you put the money. So not only do you benefit yourself, you benefit others, and you get to decide where it goes. And right now, when you're a user in the U.S., you will see that there is like generic patient organizations. So you can decide to donate to like diabetes area or the health uh, heart area. or And that is because we are finalizing the agreement with the patient organizations in the U.S. now. Uh, it's free for the organizations to be a part of the app. The only thing they need to provide us with is a picture, a logo, and some s- small piece of text that describe what they're doing. And then they should agree to get money from us. So it's pretty straightforward. And when, let's say, a diabetes, it could be a dear tribe or another diabetes uh, foundation is entering the app, then they are taking over that more generic description in the app. So already now, when you sponsor or giving your, your stars to diabetes, it will go to that patient organization who will finally sign up for that area. That's great. Now, Klaus, what's your vision for this? You know, at the end of the road, what does this look like? We put the vision to become the biggest patient movement in the world, not as a political movement. And we also across all kinds of diseases. So we don't have any focus on on a specific disease, but we really like uh, patients' voice to be heard in the development of anti-decisions within uh, the development of new drugs. So let's say we in the future have like, let's say 5 million users of Drugstars. And these users are reviewing different drugs because you can review drugs in our app. Then that review will become a central part of uh, payers' understanding of what should they actually pay for and what should they not go. It could be like, it's basically like a trust pilot for medicines. I guess if you're a, if you're a payer, First of all, you look at the clinical trials. Yes. And then there, if there is two competitive drugs which are equal as good and the price is the same. Let's say in the future they go to the Drugstars uh, application and they see that one of the drugs is actually having a much higher score than the other one among the users. The likelihood that these patients actually will take that drug better and more persistent is quite high compared to the one which has a low rating from the user. And then they will probably go for the one which, which have the, the people's warriors behind them. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a main, main idea of, of that. That makes a lot of sense. I love the vision. And as you put together the platform, these patient reviews visible to other patients or is it more back-end to payers? and? and uh, it's, it's back-end. I mean, okay. uh, we, we, we don't want in that sense to like make a ranking of drugs. It's not that just because you have this particular whatever experience and attitude towards a specific drug, that should not have a huge impact on another one. I mean, we're all different. We all react differently to different drugs and we should take that into account as well. So it will never be like a trip advisor for drugs. Got it. It's more of a, a, you get rewarded and uh, you get to continue feeling good about what you're doing. And then on Mm -hmm. the back end, there's the engine that would help fuel feedback for the drug companies. and Exactly. Got it. Makes a lot of sense. Give us an example, Klaus, where you have had a setback or a failure. And what you learn from that failure? 
Oh, that's been a lot of them. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> entrepreneur, well, uh, right? The life yeah, of an entrepreneur. Well, uh, I would actually, in, in this case, I would actually like to go a little back to the first study I did within um, M-Health or, or, or Mobile Health. In, yeah. in, I think it was back in 2005 or so. At that time, okay. we didn't have any smartphones, but we had text messaging. And uh -huh. I thought that, okay, if we can increase adherence by doing text messaging, that would be an awesome thing to do. So I did run a clinical trial with a control group and, of course, an intervention group within asthmatic uh, treatment. Hmm. So they were reminded to take their medication, their, you know, their prevention inhalators every morning. And the result was very interesting. Okay. We, actually, we actually showed that we increased adherence, which was a good thing. Okay. But we also asked how often they went to the doctor and hospital. And the intervention group, which had a better adherence than the control group, started to go more often to the doctors and hospital. So that was not really the outcome we expected. That's and it turned out that they were more regular on their medication. But at the same time, they were more regular on doing it the wrong way oh. because their, their inhalation technique was bad. So increasing adherence is not always a positive outcome. And I think that was a very interesting learning because when you look into literature and whatever, you're saying, okay, better adherence, we'll get a better outcome. But that's not always true. Adherence is more complicated than just timing. It's also how the quality around how you actually manage your medicine. Yeah, because it has a binary character, but it also has a qualitative character to it. Exactly, exactly. And in a lot of cases, people miss the qualitative part of it and just looking at the numbers. That is super interesting. Listeners, think about that. And there might be some assumptions that we're making, and Klaus just shared one of his, uh, his setback moments to us. What can we learn from this? You know, And when you think you have something right, dive a little bit deeper and think about the qualitative measures of what you're doing or what some of the results that you're looking for. That's a really great share. Thank you, Klaus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you say one of your proudest medical leadership moments to date is? Before I started Drugstars, I thought it was some of the publications I've done, you know, very, very egocentric, very <laughs> focusing on my own merits. But the, I think that the first time I went out, you know, with the first donations to one of these very small patient organizations, uh, it was uh, the Danish organization for uh, cystic fibrosis which is a horrible disease. Yeah. And it's uh, luckily only a few patients, you know, people get it. I think in Denmark alone, we have like 500 patients, but they take a lot of medicine. And when I was standing there in front of those, one of those patients and with their, you know, the leadership from that organization and handing out quite a substantial amount of money compared to our company and that small organization, I really feel proud because this was not only, I mean, money is something. But this was based on other patients having activities around their disease, generating some funds for their organization. And I really thought that was beautiful. So yeah, that actually made me feel very proud. That's awesome, man. That's fantastic. And what would you say today is one of your exciting project or focus areas yeah. within, within your company? From the very beginning, we've had this questionnaire of six questions in the app, which is what we call medical experience and attitude index, okay. which is the one where you rate your medicine. And now we're starting to put that more into AI. So we can actually predict when people are dropping out of the treatment before they know it themselves. And I think that's going to be game changer in a lot of ways. 
because suddenly we can give feedback to patients saying that, okay, with these answers on these six questions, we can actually tell you, and also based on your activities in the app and so on, we can actually tell you that you might be at risk of dropping out of your treatment within the next, let's say, 30 days. If you're not aware of that, you should definitely start to think about it and maybe even have a discussion with your doctor on why is that happening. I think that is something which we upfront can, because when people are just dropping out of their treatment, you know, suddenly they go to the doctor and the doctor asks, did you take your medicine? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then they will have another medication because then the outcome was not good on the first one. <laughs> then it's starting all over again and again. It's not really taking the aspect of why did they actually fail on the first one into account. And I think that could be important. Well, super interesting that you're doing this, Klaus, and it sounds that you've definitely been passionate about the medication adherence space since very mm -hmm. early, and I'm excited to see how this thing um, takes off and just, you know, the new things that you guys do with the new AI engine for it. Yeah. So let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine, the 101, the ABCs of Klaus Moldrup. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's going to have to take this course if they want to do well in medicine. We got a syllabus here, lightning round style. So I got four questions for you that we'll just answer yeah. quickly, followed mm -hmm. by a book that you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. What's the best way to improve health outcomes? I think you should have small projects that can fail fast rather than big ones that are just failing as well, but not fast. Love it. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Using the word project, because when people are doing projects, it's always something that is the word itself is long in some way. And I think in our company, we're not allowed to use the word project because it's basically something that you can die from doing a project because it takes too long. Don't use the word project. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? I think you should always listening. Every time someone is addressing something to your product, your service, your whatever, it's important to take it into account and address it in the future uh, way that you work around that area. What is one area of focus that should drive everything in a health organization? I think it should be the patient's experience of your service. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? I'm actually not reading books, to be honest. Okay. And I actually also, when, as, when I was a professor at the university, I, I was bragging that I, I haven't read a full paper, not even my own. <laughs> I'm too impatient to do it. What I do, audiobooks. Yeah, audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. And I actually, all the members of our company have a subscription to Blinkist which is like a service where you get an abstract of a book uh, in 15 minutes. Oh, so, nice. you can, so it's a, it's an audio and they are reading up the main outcomes of what they think is uh, the most important of a, of a book. It's, you know, it's what, mostly, what is it called class? Blinkist. It's an app on Android and iOS. I think it's a German company. How do you spell it? B L I K I S T. I think something like that. Blinkist. Yeah, I can give it into your show notes. Yeah, that would be awesome. That sounds yeah. really good. Is it available in uh, all languages? Yeah, it is. Awesome. This sounds great. And the uh, descriptions are audio too? Yeah, it's only audio. Actually. Oh, you can read them as well, but it's audio 50 minutes and, and small blinks out of a text and they you know walk through all the main parts of the book, which is like 
fantastic because usually a, there is a lot of stuff you can skip. Totally. Not, not in novels and stuff like that, but more in, in you know, business books. Like, yeah. uh, so there's a whole section for startups as well. Beautiful. Well, listeners, Klaus has provided some really great things here. And on this syllabus, everything that we discussed, as well as a link to Blinkist and, and all the things that he's up to at Drugstars, you could find those at outcomesrocket.health slash Klaus, C-L-A-U-S. You'll find everything on there. So don't worry about writing it down. Klaus, we've gotten here to the end, my friend. I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you. Yeah. Well, you can always like go to our website and, and write to the info at drugstars.com. And it's actually going direct into my email. I think that's one of the way that I listen to all of our users is that when people are contacting us, I'm the first one to get it. So it's not just directed to someone in customers, uh, whatever. It's, it's actually going directly to me. So that's the way I listen. I think one of the things that I've been focusing a lot on the last few months is that when you're in in this space where you are gamifying stuff, we always, the metrics that, that our investors and stuff use for uh, how successful we are is how long people are staying on our app and the retention rate and the engagement rates and all that kind of stuff. And when you're doing gamification, it's all about grabbing people's attention. And actually, I think when you're looking at the app landscape across all kinds of categories, everyone wants to have your attention. So it's, it's an attention game for apps like ours. And to be honest, I really don't like that. I think attention is a very valuable thing for a person. When you're looking into your screen, you're not looking into the eyes of your family. So one of the things that I'm really looking into is that when you are asking for the attention of users, you should ask only for the amount of time that is needed for people to do exactly what they should do in your app and nothing more than that. Mm. And then they should close the phone and look at the family instead. That's a great insight. And so with that, my friends, Klaus always leaves us with some really great things to think about. Klaus, I really want to express our gratitude for you to spending your time with us today, especially at the wee hours of the, of the night over there in, uh, in Denmark shows your dedication. (laughs) Thank you you for having me. It's a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for tuning in to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast. If you want the show notes, inspiration, transcripts, and everything that we talked about on this episode, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And again, don't forget to check out the amazing Healthcare Thinkathon, where you can get together to form the blueprint for the future of healthcare. You can find more information on that and how to get involved in our theme, which is implementation is innovation. Just go to outcomesrocket.health slash conference. That's outcomesrocket.health slash conference. Be one of the 200 that will participate. Looking forward to seeing you there.